Dear Lord, we're very grateful. Keep watch over our minds so we're not um, being fools. Keep us sanctified in your son's name. Amen. We're in um, Titus because Titus, I covered two-thirds of it last week, and it's like low-hanging fruit at that point. You know, it, well, let's have this be a series. Two weeks through Titus. So we're in the third chapter of Titus. Uh, I'd been looking at some other passages I'd been thinking about during the week, and I just kept coming back to this and realized, yeah, it even had some current feelings about it. Titus, of course, is, is one of the pastoral epistles, and he's writing to Titus, getting him to do and guide the churches under his charge a certain way, much like Timothy. The last verse of chapter 2, which we covered at the end of last week, declare these things, exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Now, that's a strong verse. That's why I put it in there. Uh, it's a great, it's, a, it's the lead-in. It's, it's, this letter is continuing. And there are certain personalities in the ministry. I know very well that my brother and I were called uh, Bolanerges. Uh, you say to yourself, oh yeah, I get that. Um, the Sons of Thunder, which... So we were always developing opinions. I think God in his mercies finally had us develop opposite opinions. And so like magnetic opposites, we would not be out there roaming the world seeking whom we may devour. We tend to like declarations of things, reproving with all authority, not letting anyone disregard us. So it's easy to think that that's the kind of person it's encouraging. Uh, just a reminder, don't join a religion or find a theology that wonderfully matches who you already are. You might want to just consider for a moment that the way you are needs help, and you're looking for the word of God that might change who you are. But what's interesting here is some of the description of Christianity some of the Christian descriptions of your Christianity here don't match the way the broader evangelical church is functioning even not agreeing with each other just you know all the culture warriors and the like look what it says next let no one disregard you okay you got that in mind Titus is supposed to lean into the church in Crete Remind them, that means I, they brought it up before, to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for any honest work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all men. The word that jumps to mind is the word innocuous. Be innocuous. Innocuous, those that are innocuous, do not cause injury or offend. 
When you're talking about being submissive, it's, it, didn't, it didn't lead into you to turn you into some Beowulf for Jesus. Go out there slaying those that would rise up against the church. It's telling you, you know, kind of as much as you can. Go along with everything. The rulers, be obedient to them as much as you can. Don't quarrel. Ready to get a decent job and work hard and pay your bills. Show perfect courtesy. Nothing less than perfect courtesy to all men. Everyone knows in this day and age the grand temptation of responding to someone who is in error on the internet and how many smart remarks you can think of. I mean, not just intelligent smart, smart aleck remarks. Somebody, I think it was your, where's Allison? Somewhere. I think your brother, hi Allison. Um, I think uh, Taylor posted something of a meme yesterday that made me kind of think of this. And it was a basketball picture, and Michael Jordan is grabbing the back of the jersey of Dennis Rodman and pulling him back. And Dennis Rodman is labeled what I'm about to say on the internet. And Michael Jordan is titled the Holy Spirit. And you're pulling back the Dennis Rodman in you because Jesus doesn't like the Dennis Rodman in you. Now, so for some people, since they've translated the work of Christ into something else in their mind that they <clears throat> think we're here to do, win the world for Jesus, create a movement for Jesus, make all the immoral people at least act moral for Jesus. They don't notice passages like this because a lot of these passages go by with a the softness with which they, the meanings of the words in the lists. Because it seems to us a boring existence. Submissive, obedient, hardworking, not speaking evil of anyone, not quarreling, being gentle, showing courtesy, maybe like a Boy Scout. We think that's what we are here for. And because we don't think, just like we pick theologies that match our personalities, we don't even see passages that don't click with us. You don't want to be this way because in some cases it sounds boring because you do know innocuous people who are harmless because that's the way they are. I think it was Jim at Drones yesterday. Yeah, yes, it was you. We were talking about shooting somebody. Not anybody in particular. But James was arguing for um, the, you might say, the pacifism of restrained violence. Um, people who knew how not to kill somebody because they could kill somebody. So they knew better. Rather than the person who's a Casper Milk Toast who couldn't kill somebody if they wanted to. 
I think James was trying to reassure everyone in the room that yes, he could kill us all, but he was choosing not to that morning. So hence I am here today. We know people that are choosing this version of Christianity because they're St. Francis the Sissy. They're just... We have to be reminded of this, because this is everything about us, our tribalism, our political tendencies, our strong opinions about what's going on in a free country, our ability to labor to good ends, our, a free society where your work is rewarded and you can advance and start to have more of a say. Did we think this was a boring piece? A boring, innocuous, good Christian citizen. Now, we do have the church for that. I mean, it really, I mean, look at it. You can't even tell what denomination this is. I mean, the cross is a giveaway. There's no, there's no writhing savior on it. But other than that, there are no banners, there are no signs, there are no messages. It served the Methodists fine, the Lutherans fine, the Baptists fine, and now us. But actually, Paul is telling Titus, he's saying, um, remind them to be this way because this is the way the Christian faith, this is the energy point, the way, the where we are living because this is what we were saved out of. The next verse, for we ourselves were once foolish. You do realize the person who isn't these things is something else and that something else is Foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by men and hating one another on the internet. Which I had to add because it's not there. Hated by men and hating one another. And how many conversations have you been in in the last six months where you talk with your friends about the polarization of the society? There's no hope but the boogaloo. We're going to lose it and we're going to go to war with each other. But for us, it's not, it, the end result is not when fists fly, our folly, disobedience, being led astray, our passions and pleasures, malice and envy. You know, finally someone gets decked. You know that's what it's waiting for. Every reality show is there. Even when it's about housewives, you're waiting for someone to get decked because that's where all those passions end up. But we're not... That's what your, your days used to be because that's how people are. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. So I, this is all, all a reminder of kind of what the faith is about. It's not about having stormtroopers in the street with a cross on the barricade that they're fighting the police with or a cross on the barricade that they're fighting the other protesters with, whatever side you pick. The, the progress is us out of ourselves and into him and his loving kindness, his goodness, it appeared. 
The incarnation was more than merely some sort of philosophical uh, difficulty for theologians. It, it, it was our standard appearing. When his loving kindness and his goodness appeared, he saved us, not because of deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy. By, this is how it happened to you, the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit, which he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. He is saying that the life recommended in the first few verses, we had come to out of something else that was a total train wreck, and we came to it all through the gospel. There is a theological precision about your forgiveness and life eternal. That was what you were given. But that whole characteristic, you were made from being a person who decided things with their fists into someone not who was boring by nature, but someone who was restrained by their God and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. You, were, you saw the world differently. Christianity isn't the religion for serious, dull people. It's not like, okay, we came up with a serious and dull religion, all you serious and dull people, and they do congregate in Christianity. It does attract certain kinds of people, but you want it to attract people who walked out of a life of sin where they knew what was the effect of them deciding everything they did by their own passions and lusts, and they found that the power of God was there to renew them, regenerate them, and pour out his mercy on you so that a strong man, a strong woman, would be, would be walking into this innocuous life because this is the life that our God recommends to us. I mean, all the way down to having a job. Right? Said, ready for any honest work. <clears throat> I pulled out the next verse, verse 8. The saying is sure. Just saying it's enough. There ought to be, we, we call it self-evident. Or if you want to be bible truly, truly. Or if you want to be a black church, you can say, preach it. Glory. This is what it is. That's a great statement of the work of God in the gospel for us and a great statement of where you ought to be targeting your life to be. Now, admittedly, we're not saying that in every situation, singly and severally, every situation, you are going to be able to answer it with an avoidance of quarreling or speaking evil of someone. Whatever you want to call you say, okay. But don't make the law, the normative circumstance you are called to the abnormal in your life, where you're only strangely and rarely peaceful, strangely and rarely living the innocuous, work hard with your hands, showing perfect courtesy. That should be normal. You then have to have a, an argument from God 
that you're able to do something more stark, be a John the Baptist in a situation. But that's rare. Matter of fact, in the next verse, verse 8, the saying is, Sure, I desire you to insist on these things. If we want to have a strong presence, we should strongly, as a church, as a body, as Christians in our neighborhoods, where we are at work, we should be strongly calm. You get that impression from Christ, even the passage that Tristan read this morning. There's kind of a, he picks a fight. I mean, it's not a quarrel. He just says things completely unnecessary. If I said this, I would be a liar. Pause for effect, like you. That was really unnecessary. That was really unnecessary. And they really did want to kill him at the end. But his strength, as you do from another passage, he spoke as one with authority, not as the scribes. We get a bunch of scribes running Christianity today, running the theological wars, a bunch of scribes who can't think of anything more desirable than fighting the heretics. Thankfully, this passage introduces the word heretic to us. You'll find out how we deal with it. I desire you insist on these things so that those who have believed in God, okay, this is, you see, Titus, put your shoulder to the grindstone. I'm not in town. I'm writing you a letter. I want you to go out there to the church and insist. Let no one disregard you. The saying is sure so that I'm going to accomplish something. Those who believed in God, okay, the Christian, may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. And it gets worse if you look at what the phrase probably means. So good deeds is honorable occupations. We see it later. The same phrase is used in red further down the page, apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need. It is clearly a profit-making enterprise of some honor. That's what we insist in the life of the believers. We see a lot of passages about laziness or, you know, people living in idleness. A lot of times people do that with their end times views. They, oh, the Lord's coming back. I'm going to rack up my visa bill. We're insisting on these things. We're insisting on a way of being. Courtesy, avoid quarreling, gentleness, not speaking evil, looking for honest work, so that we who believe in God would apply ourselves to getting a good job. And it's not just a job. It's not saying, oh, you're supposed to have a job. You know, food service, house cleaning industries. I'm sure those are fine jobs for people. They pay money. But it's honorable occupations, profit-oriented.
If you look at this description in the next verse or two verses around where we are now, apply themselves to honorable occupations. These are excellent and profitable. Those who just look at it and say, oh, it just means good deeds. Thankfully, there's a footnote in my Bible that said, or honorable occupations. Then you read the same exact phrase, apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need. You know the usage shouldn't have been apply yourself to good deeds. You're not looking for merit badges. Those things are fine to do. But what he's looking for is a kind of creature that God has made by his incarnation, by his Holy Spirit, to make you a, a benefit. I was telling Leslie last night, there was a conversation a couple nights ago, I think it was. You guys were over two nights ago? Whites? You and Graham were talking about, oh, you know, boring things. One a filmmaker, one a composer. <laughs> Match made in heaven. I said to myself, what a strange church we have. We have people doing really interesting things. Art things, professional things. Out of, you know, I mean, this is not everybody, and we have a few guests here that's helping us out. But uh, if everybody were here, we'd have a collection of interesting, honorable occupations. I wanted to commend you on it because it makes this church a very interesting church. It's not the five people who believe Evan's view of end times, and that's it. So many churches will end up being some collection of people who agree about theology. Thankfully, you don't agree with me about theology. You're drawn together out of love for the brethren, and that interestingly puts together people being careful to apply themselves to a profit-making enterprise of good, stable capabilities. Excellent and profitable to men. Contrary to that, but avoid stupid controversies. I always love it when the Bible says the word stupid. Stupid controversies. Which means there are such things. Every controversy, because it's a controversy, is laying claim to importance who would think it was controversial if it wasn't important? Paul labels it stupid. Genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law. The church is not to be involved. Now, I know you disagree with me. Not about this. Maybe, maybe about this. It seems to me I'm on pretty solid ground. I desire you insist on these things. Let no one disregard you. The saying is sure. I'm pretty, pretty safe. But there's still a possibility. People do that to a lot of my views, that they think, that's clearly unfounded. We differ with each other. I've talked to enough of you enough times. But I think that just the fact that we've already applied ourselves to dealing graciously with each other, perfect courtesy, avoidance of quarreling, being gentle. I don't even know which of you disagree with me to what extent. There might be some of you who think, I'm headed for hell in a handbasket. 
the goodness that is in our lives for each other that Christ produces. Hope that's not a view. Um, the things that the gospel produces actually produce a better peaceful Christian church life. We are capable of living this way and not having stupid controversies. We have to schedule time in our week. Saturday morning over at Evans' house. Dumb controversies, let's get together. As for the man who is factious, see what the concern is in the body. The word factious is where you get the word heresy. Hereticos is the word factious. And that gives you information about what heretics really are. Heretics are not, oh, uh, what would I say that would be heretical? We've got so many. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's say all of the book of Revelation has been fulfilled. The whole book of Revelation. People are going, horrors. What? Or there is no such thing as time. What? Uh, there, what say some things. That's what co covers for heresy nowadays. Now, what makes it heresy is not that it's wrong or it's about certain subjects, but so many people like to have a different idea because factiousness is their interest. Because they're tribal, because they're the kind of people who are driven by their passions and pleasures, malice and envy, hated by men, and being hated by one another. Theology just becomes another system to do it over. The dangerous person is the person who likes the conflict, likes the choosing up of sides. When Paul corrects the Corinthians about their um, taking sides, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, some of them were taking Paul's side. And Paul was objecting to them taking Paul's side. Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? This is kind of a thing in Christianity. We do it wrong. We expect all of us doing it wrong to have God's blessing because we're finally the right church, you know finally have the right doctrine. And all we are is mutually factious. That is the result, you might say, of the anti-gospel. Because the loving kindness and goodness of God appeared. The effect it had was to make us good and loving. As for the man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, have nothing more to do with him. That's the level of the problem. You, you'll say, okay, you're, you're trying to create divisions. We know we don't agree 
I know Evan's view on the nature of the book of Revelation. He thinks the whole thing is fulfilled, and I think it's, it's, it's fulfilled up to chapter 20. So Evan's obviously wrong, but you're trying to sow discord between those two viewpoints? You warned them once or twice. Don't, don't do that. Don't be that way. If they refuse, if they keep on stepping into every conversation with their guns ablazing, don't invite them over anymore. Avoidance. Now, Your knowledge of the situation is, verse 11, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful. He is self-condemned. In the church, the kind of people who have chosen to live like most of the church has chosen to live over 2,000 years are self-condemned, and they could be entirely right. Somebody could hold the exact, correct God view, orthodox view of the gospel and Christianity and be a heretic because their heart isn't this way, isn't willing to be courteous toward all men. They're perverted and sinful if they think that, that, that what you are, you, you, you don't think if you're, a, say, a homosexual in San Francisco on a parade in June, is June Pride Month? Am I going to get arrested for saying anything? Probably. All right. I haven't seen the inside of the jail but once. Um, someone feels a lot better when they're around everybody who's like them. And in the history of the church, one of the saddest things is the bad way of being most Christians have functioned in for more centuries, and so they're used to it. It's the air we breathe. I keep telling you this. One of the great moments of Protestant advance, the 1600s, Christians of Protestant viewpoints were on a field of battle with cannons, shooting cannonballs at each other for church reasons. I'm sorry. The work of the Holy Spirit is not evident. I don't like your views. I, I have a gun. I could probably come next week and hold it on you and expect you to change your view. Some of you are carrying, concealed, which is cool. But we might have a firefight, but I don't think it'd be like the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the whole, that was the best of society at the time in Christian circles. We believe they are our heroes. They fought for the truth. Such a person is perverted, sinful. They're going to get it. Karma will visit them. They're self-condemned. When I send Artemis Horticicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis. If you don't, if you have a mental image of Greece, it's got the Aegean on one side, the east, and then on the western side, it's got the Adriatic. Nicopolis is on the Adriatic side. Okay? I'm not going to draw any pictures. There's probably maps in the back of your Bible. 
Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds. He comes back to that same phrase. Learn to apply themselves to honorable occupations so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. Two things, so that your generosity would be possible and two, you would be profitable, that you wouldn't be unfruitful. That you're not just occupying space and breathing our air. You got a good job. You got a good job and you labored at it and you did your best and you made extra and you gave to people in need, urgent need. I don't know if there's a reason it says urgent need. Bear it in mind. There are people who are always kind of needy and probably should go out and be encouraged to get an honorable occupation so they wouldn't be in need. But sometimes bad things happen suddenly and the saints should gather around and help urgent needs. If you're this sort of person, perverted and sinful, consider this your warning. Had warning once or twice. Realize the rest of the church doesn't have to fix you, doesn't have to prove you wrong, doesn't have to exchange white papers about your viewpoints. And you might want to keep an eye out and see if good people are starting to avoid you. Because them being good requires they avoid you. Because the Lord asked them, the apostle said, hey, why don't you avoid that guy? He won't listen, not about getting along by agreeing with one another. He won't listen to how we are together when we disagree with each other. That's the wonderful thing. How do we get along when we disagree? That's one of the kind of the current political problems we see it a lot, and people making sometimes comments online about it, about learning to disagree, allowing someone to disagree. It's gotten to the point where people are screaming in one another's faces about disagreements. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Say at the bottom of the notes there, I get a job. That's kind of the chapter three of Titus. Get a, no, no, no. Let me rephrase that. Get a good job. Get a good job. Help others. Make profit. And grace be with us all. Because our our life is one of grace. The fact that we're able to get along in spite of massive. And if you find that you just can't, you just can't stomach being around people that don't agree with you, check your perversion levels, heresy levels, their factiousness. Don't group together into factions. That's what heresy is. Well, I think I started preaching a little earlier today, but I'm at the end of the passage. What am I going to do? I am uh, going to close in prayer, so let's do that. Dear Lord, we're very grateful.
you're good to us. Your son, incarnation, brought that goodness and loving kindness available to us. Your mercy supposed to walk us to a place where in our strength as people and our strength of mind, our strength of positions, that we learn to avoid quarreling and to be gentle. We apply ourselves to good deeds, good occupations, that we're able to be a benefit to one another, and that we don't put up with people who like to destroy and put barriers between the believers. Thank you very much for Titus, greet him for us. Uh, we hope to see him someday. In your son's name we pray. Amen.